Hello, welcome back to Cave to the Cross Apologetics. I'm Patrick. And I'm Tony. And we're in the midst of uh, finishing up our best Columbo uh, interpretations, <laughs> our uh, expressions of him. The uh, I don't have a scar, but uh, but uh, hopefully you've seen enough clips to kind of understand where uh, Greg Colkel's coming from. Right. And uh, we're kind of closing up the, the section on the, the mother of all tactics in Tactics by Greg Colkel, a game plan for discussing your Christian convictions. So... Um, we're we're talking about how to have discussions with people, how to how to talk about your faith without uh, being in their face or right. accusatory, right. or right. how to have that that loving conversation, but also be truthful. What's the best plan of attack? What's right. the best way to have it yeah. so that everybody wins, that no one gets uh, interrupted, no one no one gets uh, uh, hurt uh, as best as we we can help it yeah and we, we want to help the other person come to the knowledge of the truth really. that's, that's, that's what, exactly that's what we want to do and so yeah greg coco gives us some ways to do that and basically he calls it the colombo <laughs> the colombo band yeah. yes uh so we we talked about uh that there are specific purposes purposes for the questions that we ask and we want to ask what do you mean by that which is how we gain information so uh, someone is purporting to have a claim against Christianity, and so your first kind of question to uh, uh, their statement is, what do you mean by that? Right. Asking them to make sure that you're both on the same page. Uh, you know, the, 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 the Bible has changed over time. Well, what do you mean by that? Changed as in, like, are you just talking about uh, the, the interpretation of it or the translation, or are you talking about the transmission of the text? Right. Those are three big distinctions that you can make, and so you don't want to go kind of half-cocked and, uh, you know, yeah, argue you might, you might be, Yeah, you're arguing against the point that they're not even <laughs> yeah, making. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, I'm just talking about how English is a crazy language. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it, you know, and so this question is, is uh, to help us to uh, clarify and to gain information. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 these tactics, as, as uh, Greg Kolkow pointed out in his first chapter, while we talk about argumentation and tactics and warfare, uh, you know, th th this isn't this isn't to, to to kill people over. This is to have that discussion. And so, hopefully, we've been clear throughout um, each episode that we've done about how this is a, a proper conversation between two or three or whoever civilized adults living in civilized society. <laughs> uh, second, we talk about reversing the burden of proof. So sometimes they may want you to explain everything about Christianity because they've come up with, well, you need to explain to me why the, the, the text hasn't changed over time. You, you do that. Right. Well, no, I don't. So, yeah, coming in here. Yeah, right? So they make the claim here that the text has changed over time. Yeah. And now you want to jump in and begin to say, to explain right. how that may or may not be the case. Yeah. When you haven't even made a claim, yet, right, right? Right. They have made the claim. Right? <laughs> so this is called reversing the burden of proof. Yeah. And so one of the big questions to, to come out of this from the club attack is, is, how did you come to that conclusion? Yeah. The, the Bible's been changed over time. How, how did you come to that conclusion? You're talking about the, the, the transmission of the text. How did you come to that conclusion that it's been changed? Well, what what leads you to that? Can you point to me to any examples of that? Yeah. And the third one that we, we just covered uh, um, uh, before I closed out our last episode was ask leading questions. And so, again, this is a, a proper form of leading questions. You're, you're doing it to kind of soften your uh, argumentation. Uh, you're still making claims within this, uh, but you uh, might preface it by saying in a question form, have you ever considered that or 
can, can you clear this up for me? me? And here's a statement. So, you know, you say that the, the Bible has been uh, changed in its transmission over over the 300 years that, that it was written and uh, kind of connects into kind of what we know as a, a legitimate canon. Can you clear this up for me? How would that be possible if there are multiple copies spread around a, a world that that is from Egypt to almost you know, Turkey? How, how do you how do you change all of them? Can can you explain that to me? Have you ever considered that that might be kind of impossible to do with that time frame and technology? So those are good leading questions. You're getting them to think. You're engaging them in, in the discussion. You're you're not just throwing a fact out at them and them just going well. I don't, I don't know, know you, you can, can believe, believe that, but it's a, a enter into dialogue, mm-hmm. and so, so that's, that's what, what it drives us to. So that's what we've come to, to find out from our Columbo tactic, and we're finishing up our Columbo tactic by talking about fair play, and that is turnabout. Yeah. What if it's used against you? <laughs> so how do we defend against Columbo, <laughs> right. right? I mean, that's really the question. And, and uh, you know, Coco makes the point that uh, the proper use of Columbo depends on, in a large degree on the goodwill of the person using it, right? Because right? it can be abused. It can be used to, you know, to uh, harm, you know, to stifle conversation, to humiliate and that sort mm-hmm. of thing, right? right. And so it's, it's really, it's uh, the goodwill of the person using it. The purpose of our questions is not to confuse, right? We want to clarify the situation. We want uh, to clarify the issue in the discussion, to clarify our points, to clarify some error that we think the other person has made, you mm-hmm. know? So, so that's kind of the proper use of these questions. Yeah. We don't right? want to sneak anybody into God's kingdom. We actually want them to, to enter in willingly. <laughs> that's right, with their eyes wide yeah, open, right? right? right. <laughs> we don't want to lie to them. So the, the, the issue then here is what do you do when someone else begins to use Columbo against you, right? Especially when you suspect that his motives are not so noble, right? right? In terms of getting to the truth, right? So, uh, I, I do like that he says here: there should be no risk when someone asks us either of the first two Columbo questions. We welcome the opportunity to clarify our views and then give our reasons for what we believe. Yeah. The danger we need to guard against is the misuse of the third application of Columbo. Leading questions meant to make a point against us. Yeah. yeah. Right. Absolutely. Uh, what do you mean by that? How did you come to that conclusion? I'm glad you asked. Let yeah. me present to you the gospel yeah. <laughs> and cover it in the way that we're, whatever subject we're talking about, I'm using that to talk about how I can trust God's word and what it means to to, to have multiple attestations of of uh, 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 the proper uses of, of the text so that I'm confident in what God tells me through his word that I can have confidence in my salvation within yeah, that. Yeah. Of course, that's what we want to do. Right, and, so I, I, and I think we've said this before. I don't think, in fact, you've said this before, right? We, we welcome, uh, you know, their, their first two Columbo questions, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to help clarify the situation. We want them to be clear in terms of what we believe and then to give reasons for... The hope that is in us, Peter tells us, right? And so we, 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 uh, we look forward to that. And so, you know, there, there's um, the danger, he says, though, is that uh, the misuse of the third application of Columbo, right? The leading question, right? right? That's the one that uh, we need to be careful of because they're trying to lead us down a road that we may not want to mm-hmm. travel. Right? So if you've seen enough car- car- uh, courtroom dramas... Uh, you know that lawyers aren't supposed to ask leading questions. You're you're supposed to have the person at the stand present you with the evidence because it's not the, the lawyer knows, but it's how does that lawyer know? Well, the lawyer knows because they've read 
um, witness statements. They've, they they uh, have come to conclusions based on uh, other people's testimony, but they want that person to get on the record as knowing that piece. So, you know, uh, at, at what point did, did John get out of his house? Well, okay. Uh, wh- where were you at when, when uh, you and John were together? Then, and then you would ask, okay, at any point did he leave? Yes. Was it at 6.45 in the morning? You want them to ask that, or you want them to, to put that in, in, in the, uh, the record. Right. So, so you, you, you wouldn't ask, or at least the, uh, the, uh, the lawyer wouldn't ask, have you considered that John may have, right? Because that's a leading question, right? But notice our job is, is we're not in court, right? And this isn't a witness stand. And so um, leading questions can help us in terms of clarifying and, and helping the person. Staying on track. Right, yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. So the issue, though, here is what do we do when people attempt to, to start that, to do that to us, right. right, to lead us in a particular direction? Right? At what point in time did you stop beating your wife? Yeah. <laughs> well, hold on. Hold on now. Yeah. Leading question. Objection. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead. Yeah, so uh, the, the, the key to protecting yourself from what may be a Columbo ambush is to remind yourself that you are in complete control of your own side of the conversation. Right. And so we need to kind of take a breath, step back, think about it. It's perfectly fine to do in, in a, uh, a conversation. Uh, that's where your, um, your kind of get-out-of-jail-free cards are. Hmm, let me think about that for a minute. It, you know, obviously you're, you're kind of situated in time and place, but you, you are the person that controls your own side. No one's going to make you uh, uh, answer anything that kind of you don't want to do. And so calling that, that, that's those leading questions out may uh, help move the conversation in a proper fashion. Yeah. You have no obligation to cooperate with anyone trying to set you up with leading questions. Simply refuse to answer them, but of course, do so in a cordial way. Right. You're asking me a leading question. Get out of my face. Probably not the best response. Right. So you could say something like, you know, my sense is that you want to explain your point by using questions. Right? This confuses me a bit because I'm not sure uh, how I should respond. <laughs> I think I'd rather you just state your own view clearly and then let me chew on it for a while and see what I think. Right. Uh, you know, would, would that be all right with you? Right. right? And so, so we, what we're saying here is, I mean, we're just kind of laying our cards on the table, letting them know we know what they're trying to do. Right. And we're asking, hey, can you be a little bit more direct and clear, and clear for them? Right. Yeah. Uh, he, he talks about, notice the way, kind of uh, with examples here, that he took charge of his side of the conversation by pulling refusing to walk into the trap mm-hmm. and so this obviously that that uh, statement that Tony read is kind of this like over over nicety way of doing it but it's to, to provide you kind of that what what you're getting at by by asking that question so uh, you know I, I, I see you're trying to make a point by using this question but I don't think that uh, that uh, stating your your viewpoint within this question is going to get us anywhere. Yeah. You want to make, make a point? Just, just make the point. Just make the point. We'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. Like, that's fine. So that's what's, what's the point you're trying to make? And so just a lot of times why we wouldn't want to do this is because we could kind of stumble into an argument that we don't want to go. And so you, you especially if you're in a debate situation or you have uh, people viewing you, uh, you, you may... You may be put on the defensive when, again, you're, you're not making any claim or any point. So, again, be in control of your own conversation and, and just kind of look out for, for those. Yeah, and, and notice here, there's, there's uh, oftentimes in these situations deception going on, right? 
they're trying to, there's, there's some trickery and deception and that sort of thing. And so we want to make sure that um, um, uh, we you know, bring that to the surface, right? right. <laughs> Not in terms of calling and telling them that they're being deceptive, but just saying, hey, why don't you just tell me what you're trying to say, right? We don't need to call out deceptive behavior. We just should say, hey, this, this is what I see from you. And, uh, and, and, of course, uh, we, we always talk about that uh, Greg Kokel has a bunch of examples in his book that you should get, you should purchase, and uh, and read uh, yourself. We're just kind of pulling out the, the main points here to, to go along with you. We appreciate you for joining us in our book study. Yeah. Yeah. So th- there are a few um, uh, um, kind of points where, where you'll, you'll view this, this kind of leading questions the most. And if you've ever been online and looked at something called uh, street epistemology, um, it's uh, it was uh, kind of uh, the tactics viewpoint, the tactics book for for atheists <laughs> by uh, philosopher Peter Bogosian, and so w- what uh, street epistemologists do is an atheist is there to ask leading questions to kind of deconvert. In fact, if you would skip about five minutes into their video about what street epistemology does and you close your eyes, you almost think that you're listening to a Christian talk about how to share your faith or, or how to ask these questions. But the, the purpose of the questions here for the street epistemologist of, of, of the atheist brand is is to kind of trip you up in, you know, maybe all the different facets of, of, of your theology that you haven't you haven't done, and it's to continuously ask these questions over and over again, or not over and over, but to, to continuously only ask questions and not present anything on their side of the equation, which is very important. And we see this today in in uh, in YouTube uh, atheists too. There's the claim of uh, uh, atheism is just uh, the lack of belief of God. That's it. There's there's nothing else. But there are massive implications to that, and and you have to you have to have justification for uh, a real world and trusting your memories and uh, how how does uh, uh, uncontrolled nature get you to truth or is it or, or is there there nothing there? We talked about that in in Mitch Stokes' uh, How to Be an Atheist book. Right. If 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 um, if evolution is just there to get you to survival. What is truth? Yeah, it's just you, survival, yeah, right? Yeah, and so, yeah. and so, how how, how can how we, have we know that we have truth? truth. Right. Yeah, yeah. If, if if everything that we know is just for survival right. purposes, right? And and so, if you see a lot of online debates, that that's kind of the the tact. It's it's and it's the easy it's the easy route. All you have to do is kind of in the uh, reformed epistemology movement is just knock down, knock down, knock down, and. Are you are you still warranted for your your belief? Yeah, okay, but you don't really ever have to put up kind of a positive claim. You just have to maintain your warrant, whatever whatever that might be. And so that's what the, the atheists tend to do. And so here's one where leading questions are done in the uh, kind of an incorrect way. It's to to make points to get you to kind of move the conversation yourself. And so instead of just saying, you know. Uh, uh, hold on. Let, let's let's talk about your side. Why are you bringing this this point up? Uh, and having that dialogue, this person is trying to to move you into a kind of a your your um, not not as well known realm mm-hmm. of, of knowledge, mm-hmm. or confuse the issue, or, or make you doubt, or that sort of thing. Right. So so the idea here is to kind of request clarification. Mm-hmm. Right? We'll kind of go right back into the. Uh, into the Colombo tactics, right? Our best defense with people like this is just to refuse to play their game, right? And to ask clarifying questions to make sure that uh, we they understand, you know, that we understand what they're doing. So he gives us an example here. He says, um, uh, he says, um, the atheist says this, if there were no hell, 
would you still be a Christian? Wow. Right? Mm. If there were no hell, would you still be a, a, a Christian? Is the question. Right. Right? You see how easy it is to go, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but there are a lot of implications yeah. with well, no, that. Well, no, well, what, you know, <laughs> right? Right. He says the query seems innocent enough on the surface, of course. Um, um, you know, we wouldn't be a Christian, strictly speaking, he says, if there were no hell. There would be no need for Christianity if there were no need for hell. But he says it's a trick question. Why? Well, it's, it's cleverly designed to diminish Christianity to a carrot-and-sticks enterprise, right? By suggesting that believers become Christians merely to get the carrot of heaven and avoid the stick of hell. No threat of the stick, no reason to believe. Faith is reduced to creaturely pleasure or pain, self-interest, and nothing more, right? So that's kind of the purpose of the question, right? He says that's not at all what Christianity is all about, right? He says, well, we, we, and here's the issue. Um, what the atheists miss, he tells us in asking this question, is that we have not been rescued for something, heaven, hell, whatever. Right? We haven't been rescued for something. We have been rescued for um, someone, the true and living God, right? So we have been saved for the intimate, personal, loving relationship that God desires to share with us from the beginning, even before there was a need for a place called hell. And so that's what they missed. It's not about the thing or the place. It's about the person. Right? It's, it's about God. And so the atheist poses this kind of hypothetical and, um, and, and, and as a rhetorical trap. That, that, we, that we need to be aware of. And so he says the believers should, be, uh, should have um, requested clarification, right? Here are a couple of examples, right? You ready? <laughs> he says, so here's the question. If there were no hell, would you still be a Christian? I think we all, all we really need is this one example. I like this one. He says the Christian could say something like this, right? I'm confused by your question. Are you asking would I still trust Christ to die and save me from hell if there were no hell, you know, what does that mean, yeah. right? <laughs> That's a question. You know, that makes no sense. Or are you asking, would I still want to be with Christ forever if there were no hell to avoid? What exactly is your point in this question, right? So, so you know, here you're asking clarifying questions. You're trying to help them to, 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 to bring out this, the, you know, the point that they're trying to make. The question really is, it makes no sense when you really think about it, right? Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's either a question that, that makes no sense, which probably they want to, don't want to admit that they're, they're asking, or are they asking about a relationship aspect that we have with Christ? Well, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll continue to go down, down that route if that's what you're asking. asking. And again, what's happening? Global tactics. He's asking the same thing. So it, it's, it's kind of like asking, uh, if there were no uh, tax rebate for being married, would you still be married? It's not about the tax rebate. Hopefully it's not about the tax rebate. If that's all it takes for you to get married, man. Yeah. I'm married because I want to be close to the person who I want to be my wife. And so it's not a tax rebate. is kind of the icing on the cake, if you will. And so it's a misleading question. Right, right. And a perfect time to ask clarification. Maybe 
maybe, maybe this person generally believes that that's, that's all it is, you know, uh, God's this uh, dude in robes in the sky with a big beard, you don't really interact with him, Jesus kind of saves you, and that's it, like, you go play with harps, it sounds super boring, and that's all there is to heaven, and so, you know, it's, it's or they've just, they've just heard that mantra in you know, you know, atheist, atheist community before, before and so they're just asking kind of an easy question, question because, because they've, they've remembered it. It's, 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 it's the, the, uh, the bumper sticker kind of theology there, there. Which, which is a good for on either side. So, you know, would you, uh, you know, if they're in hell, would you still be a Christian? Well, it's not about the place. It's not about heaven or hell. It's about my relationship with God. It's about a person. Right? It's about, um, you know, my loving uh, Heavenly Father who I, have to, who I get to be with for, for eternity. That's what it's really about, right? And so, you know, what exactly are you asking me here, right? And so the question really, once you analyze it, is, is kind of um, not making any sense, right? And so he says here, generally speaking, when an atheist poses a question that you're not sure of, though, you can ask for clarification. Here's another way to answer that question if, if, you, uh, if you're stuck. What, what do you do, you do if you're stuck and you're not sure exactly what to say? <laughs> well, he <laughs> says, uh, you could say something like this. That's an interesting question. That's not occurred to me before. See, so you're just being honest right. with folks, right? right? So I'm not going to give you an answer. Notice you're in charge of your side of the conversation, right? I'm not going to give you an answer, a quick answer. I need to think about it a bit because a hasty answer may give you the wrong impression. What do you think is at stake here? And so you reverse the burden of proof right? and get them to explain exactly what they're, what they're talking about. Right. And so that's another way of, of, of dealing with, with these types of questions. Again, you're in control of your side of the conversation, right? And so you need to remember that as you're, as you're doing these things. And, and he does here have, uh, generally speaking, when the atheist presses you, with questions you're not sure how to answer, ask for clarification. Perfectly fine in any conversation. Is that what someone would want from you if you're going off on something that they have no clue what you're talking about, but you're, you're wanting to have a conversation? Hold on, let me stop you there. Let me ask you, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Kind of those questions. So here's some more examples. Uh, help me out here. What specifically are you getting at with your question? Another one is, there are probably a number of ways to answer that depending. What, what do you, you have, have in mind? mind? Yeah. Of, course, of course, any person can be mistaken about what he believes, so could I. Good. I'd have, a, uh, I'd have to consider conflicting evidence, though. Where are you headed with these questions? Uh, sure, I'd change my mind if there were no good reasons to believe what I do and good reasons to believe something else. What do you suggest? There you go. There's, there's a perfect reversing, reversing the burden of proof. What evidence would cause me to change my mind? I'm not sure. I can tell you in advance. I have to consider particular objections. What were you thinking? Think of all the things that you didn't think about before and tell me which one's the best. Yes. I just stay with the one that I like. You asked how I would know if I were delusional. I have no reason to think I'm experiencing delusion. Why, why would you think, think I am? And why would you label an inaccurate belief a delusion? You've had inaccurate beliefs, haven't you? Does that make you delusional too? Again, asking asking these questions. So again, he goes into clarifying questions that kind of help us move the conversation forward and to get out of the the bad leading questions. 
So how, how do you know if you're delusional? delusional? So are you saying, saying I'm delusional? delusional? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. Am I delusional in saying that? that? Yeah. I'm delusional? Maybe, Maybe I'm delusional in my delusion. So are you saying that, that uh, you know, just, just because someone may have a false belief that they're delusional? Have you ever had false beliefs? The red pen has come out a few times in my math. Am I delusional? No, I'm just wrong. What do you mean by delusional? And how easy is it to, to, to see, see that in, in comment sections on, on you know, the, the internet? internet uh, you know, the, oh, you're, 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 this, this is just wishful thinking. thinking you're delusional. It, 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 it helps you sleep at night. You're lying, and this is the best way to help you convince other people that you're sane. We've all heard it before. And so we ask clarifying questions, and we ask leading questions. And we reverse the burden of proof. We use all of the things to help clarify, bring to the surface exactly what they're talking about and help them to see what they're talking about, right? Again, this is not, um, you know, to be flippant with the person and to, you know, and to be mean and ugly. But we're, we're trying to clarify, we're trying to help them understand what they're saying and we, we want to understand what they're saying too. And, 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 and so we ask these various questions, these global questions, right? And sometimes, and sometimes it's maybe not, not best to engage in those people at all, especially online. It's, it's, it's super easy just to close the window. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of pick your battles there. Uh, so th there's actually a, a, another kind type of leading question that, that uh, Greg Hochul gets into. And it's the question, not really a question. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you'll be asked. So when is a question <laughs> not a question? <laughs> right. Even, even if it has a beginning and ending question mark, it doesn't mean it's always a question. But it's instead a challenge in disguise. Mm. So he he gives this uh, uh, example from a UCLA student. Um, she uh, wants to talk to him and says, uh, "I get uh, I, I've, what gives you the right to say someone else's religion is wrong? Ooh. What gives you the right? What gives you it, the right? There's a what? question. Yeah. They're asking for clarification, aren't they? They're, they're, that's, the right. that's part of the Colombo tactics, right? Yeah. And that's, so, so it sounds like a question. <laughs> right. right. What gives you the right to say someone else is wrong? Right. Is that really a question? <laughs> right. What gives you the right? So what are they asking? Right. Well, if, if you would to take that... Do, do you honestly think that's a, a really question at all? Yeah. Eh, probably not. <laughs> you know, it's it's an accusatory statement that's bolstered as a as as a statement. Right. There's no curiosity involved. Instead, it is a statement disguised as a question. Who are you to say? Yeah. Is another example. Yeah. Well, that sounds like uh, Genesis three somewhere <laughs> around there. <laughs> yeah. So, what's the best way to to deal with this? The best way to navigate in this situation is simply point out that the question is confusing. Yeah. Our trusty. What do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah. So are you saying, are you talking about uh, political rights? Are you talking about moral? What, what do you mean by I, I, uh, what right. gives me right. the right? Are you talking about my educational level? What do you mean by yeah. right here? Right, right. right. Uh, are you asking how many books I've read? Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, what gives you the right to say this? Because you, you sound like you're just kind of making it up. <laughs> okay, well, the, the, they're, they're, that might be a legitimate question. But obviously the tone of the person... Uh, the, the setting, the, the demeanor of the person, that's all going to judge by. And pretty much that's, that's an easy one to come out with. So, and so really what they're trying to say is, and then you need to kind of bring this to the surface, mm -hmm. is they're kind of accusing you of being wrong, right? Great. Good. And so you want to ask them, so, you know, I get the impression you, that you think I've made a mistake. Where do you think I've gone wrong in this situation, right? And now you've reversed the burden of proof to help them to think through exactly what they're 
asking mm -hmm. right, <laughs> right. Uh, in this particular question. Right. And so they might bring in, uh, well, you know, the, 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 that, your, your religion just fairy tales and, and the real religion is this. Or, uh, you know, uh, we know that there's no objective truth out there. And so to say one thing is, is completely right where everyone else is wrong is incorrect. Right. Well, good, great. We're all on the same level field here. We're not hiding behind the question mark. We're actually um, uh, getting it out in the forefront. And so, you know, so he tells us here that, uh, you know, really what's going on when someone says... Uh, who's to say type of questions, mm -hmm. right? Or what gives you the right? He says, ultimately, the person who has the best reasons, right, is in the best position to say what's true and what's false. That's really what's going on here. And so um, this is the, the way um, sound thinking works. Anyone uh, disagreeing with this truism will quickly offer his reasons why it's wrong, immediately defeating his own point. Right? So whoever has the best reasons has, has the right, I would say, is what he's suggesting here. Uh, they're in the best position to, to determine or at least, um, you know, uh, give the issue uh, a go at in terms of truth or falsity of a particular issue. Right. Uh, he goes on to say then, the statement question has power only when it's allowed to be played. Mm -hmm. So the best way is to not play. We all learned it from war games, uh, thermonuclear destruction, what's the best way of, of winning? Not to play the game at all. force the implicit claim to the surface with your questions meant to clarify the issue, the objection loses its luster, and you can address the real point lurking in the shadows. Mm -hmm. Who are you to say that, uh, that uh, people are wrong? Who do you say that <laughs> I'm to say that I can't say that other people are wrong? Yeah. So that's, that's where you kind of want to... So are you saying that I can't say that other people are wrong? <laughs> right. right? Uh, so uh, could I ask you who are you to say that? Or, or you know... What do you mean by who am I? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. How did you come to the conclusion that I couldn't say other people are wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and especially in a UCLA setting, uh, again, you're getting graded. There, there is wrong answers. There is right answers. Yeah. That, that's, that's an understanding, and yet people seem to uh, be going away from it. Uh, so then he concludes the chapter like he does uh, most chapters with um, kind of a, a summary of this, and I think this is really good to go through because... Um, this is the summation of, of kind of the Colombo tactic. Mm. So in this chapter, we learn how to defend against the Colombo tactic when it's uses when it's used against us. And again, it's not always bad to have the first first two done. And in fact, even leading questions could be fine if it's moving the conversation forward in a legitimate manner that that is to, to provide clarification to the point that they want want you to get to. But it's different to have a a, a, a kind of an accusatory uh, language. And then uh, second is to remind yourself that you are in control of your side of the conversation, mm -hmm. as with all time. So you're responsible for what you say, so make sure what you're saying is what you want to say. Yeah, yeah. 
And then uh, if someone's asking you these leading questions, like uh, uh, the street epistemologist, uh, and uh, again, I would suggest going on to um, to YouTube because there's a bunch of, of trainings out there on uh, on how to do it and how to defeat it and everything like that. But just politely f refuse to answer the person's leading question and turn it on them. Mm -hmm. What are you getting by this? I, yeah, yeah. I see you're trying to make a point within that question. Can you let me know where you're going with it so I can better respond to it? Right. Ask them to simply state his point and the reasons for it so you can give the issues some thought. Yeah. And it might, be, again, be something that you've never really thought about or they're, you know, if, if they're trying to get you to move from point A, B, C, D to get to Z, ask them Z. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then <laughs> yeah. figure out... Yeah. Tell me what your yeah. Z year here is. <laughs> yeah. 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 He says also that uh, we've learned to be alert for questions that are not really questions at all, mm -hmm. right? But assertions in uh, disguise, right? Who are you to say, right, is an assertion. It's not a really a question. He says when we encounter these situations, we point out that the question is confusing, right? Who am I to say? Well, my name is Tony. Are you asking who I you know, am? Right. What are you saying? Right? Yeah, professor. Uh, right. So. <laughs> then ask the person to rephrase it in the form of a statement, right? Or, uh, you know, simply ask your first Columbo question. What do you mean by that? Who am I to say? <laughs> what, what do you mean? Right. <laughs> yeah, are you asking, like, uh, how, how do I know so much? Yeah. Like, uh, I, I, have, I have book suggestions. <laughs> if you want to talk about books, I'll talk about books. <laughs> clearly, clearly yeah. what we're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, again, uh, the Columbo tactic is this kind of uh, overarching kind of mother of all tactics because it provides so much calmness. It provides uh, direction. Um, it, it kind of allows you to um, be on the same footing as that other person. Again, realizing that there is no neutral ground, but at the same time, you can at least um, progress forward in, in responding to, to, to anything that, that might come up. And these kind of three areas, uh, questions, um, help drive that conversation forward of where you want to go. Mm -hmm. So the Columbo tactic is a disarming way to go on the offensive with carefully selected questions that uh, productively advance the conversation, right? Uh, there's a specific person for the questions we ask. It's first to gain information. What do we mean by that? Second, to reverse the burden of proof. How did you come to that conclusion? And the third is to make points, ask leading questions that aren't accusatory or that that uh, are, are in a way to, to kind of have an ulterior motive. So have you ever considered that? Or can you clear this up for me? And then ask, ask a question. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, it's, it's responding to people. Uh, but if they're wanting to ask you, well, what do you mean by that? And how did you come to that conclusion? Great. Perfect. Yeah, you can go for it. Let, right? Let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah. That's exactly what we want to do. Yeah. And so hopefully um, this book is, is really helpful in, in kind of getting you out there and, and um, um, kind of uh, talking to other people about your faith and uh, not being too worried about, oh, well, what if they talk about the Council of Chalcedon and, you know, <laughs> in some time period? Well, hey, we learned about that. If someone knows more than you, go back to, yeah. <laughs> go back to the first two. That's right. What do you mean by that? How yeah. did you come to that conclusion? Yeah. Let me take a, a moment here and, and pause and, and yeah. figure this out. I'll yeah. go research it and yeah. come back. Sure you can research it for me. Yeah. What, what are you saying yeah. here, right? Yeah. And, and let them educate you. Right? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about yeah. all that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 when people say, uh, you know, the, the original Greek meant this. And like, whoa, I don't know Greek, <laughs> but I know a few people who do. And you look it up and they go, 
That's not what the Greek says at all. <laughs> Weird. Weird. So it could be, you know, uh, they, they, they learn it from somebody else, because that's sometimes what we do. You know, we go to secondary sources rather than primary sources. Or, you know, there, there's a whole slew of, of, of uh, responses here, and, and it doesn't have to be confrontational, uh, but uh, you want to have a conversation. And so that's, that's the point here. Um, and so uh, next time we'll get into kind of the next tactic because this was kind of a three-part tactic and the mother of all tactics. So uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, thanks for sharing our content. Thanks for just listening, watching, uh, joining us in our, our book uh, club. Thanks for the, the emails and, and the comments that, uh, that you do. Um, uh, you know, it, uh, we meet interesting people on the World Wide Web, and that's that's very true. Thanks for our uh, Patreon supporters, patreon.com slash cave the cross to uh, keep us in books and keep the lights on for a bit longer. And, uh, you know, yeah, just thanks for, for watching, because, again, we, we'd be doing this anyways. So we're doing it with you. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> see you next time. All right.